Hey everybody, this is Ruben with 5-Minute Warning. When I decided that I wanted to make a podcast of my own, I found Anchor. Let me tell you, Anchor is free. Free. F-R-E-E. That's what I'm talking about. There are tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone or your computer. You know what? Anchor sends my podcast out to me to Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, so I ain't got to do it. Also, you can make money. I repeat, you can make money from your podcast. It's everything you need to make in a podcast all in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, look, that's what I did. Five-minute warning, almost at 100 episodes in. Get Anchor. The following program is rated M-A-L. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Okay, students, this is your five-minute warning. I repeat, five-minute warning. Silence. This is the five-minute warning with Reuben Brown, happening right now. Good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to a special five-minute warning episode tonight. Um, I decided that I wanted to do something a little different. Um, those who listen to um, the show regularly and to the podcast know that back in the end of February, your boy got that COVID. And I spoke a little bit about it a couple of weeks throughout the show, but I wanted to take the time to basically talk more in depth about it. And I wanted to, because some people don't know people who've had COVID. Some people know people who have COVID. And some people, unfortunately, have lost people because of COVID. And there are a lot of things going around and stuff like that. So what I wanted to do is share my personal experience with it. And, you know, hopefully that will help some of you. And, you know, possibly, hopefully you won't have to deal with it. But just so you know what is the the possibility and what can experience. So what I decided to do, I decided to bring in my man, my mellow, from years upon years, Marcus J, the host of Ain't No Half Stepping with Marcus J on Legacy Internet Radio. Um, his show is on Monday from 7 to 9.30, and you should check it out, definitely. But I know he'll plug his own stuff as well, but – what I'm doing is I'm a, I asked him to basically interview me because I can sit here and ramble about it, but I know everybody got that kind of time. And for me, as you know, listening to the podcast and the show, I can kind of go off on a tangent like I'm doing right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to relinquish all, all the power to Marcus J to start this, this program. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening, like always. And Marcus J, is all you, bro. Big room. Wow. Big room. Yo. What's up, man? Not much, man. Just chilling. It's so good to see you, man. It's so good to see you. You know, everybody got that friend, that brother that's emotional. And I'm, I'm that friend for you. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm your emotional friend, so when I see you, I get excited because I miss you, man. How you doing? Ah, oh, man, I'm blessed, man. That's that's really all I can say. I'm blessed. I'm happy. I yeah. can't complain. 
You know, yeah. things are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The, the Yankees you, doing work. They won today. Yeah, five to two. And, I mean, uh, can I can I let you in on a little secret that I'm sure to make you jealous? What's up? A week from tonight, I'm gonna be in Yankee Stadium. Really? You, we got to start off this program with that. We're doing it. That's how we're doing it. I'm, I'm gonna be in Yankee Stadium with with my with Mama and my Mama, and, and they play in the Red Sox. You know, I don't really like you right now. I know but, you don't. I know you don't. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do what we came here to do. Yeah, we are. So I, you know, one of the things that uh, I I, I want to talk about is how much I miss my brother, and just in the the time that has passed with with the COVID nineteen situation taking over our country and just social distancing and you living in a different town, you and I haven't had an opportunity to spend a lot of time together like we used to. We used to spend a lot of time together as as brothers, as 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 business partners, and just you know we spent time together. And just in the last couple of years, we haven't. And so when I realized that you had COVID nineteen, by the time I realized that you had it, you had come through your challenge. You know the the, the hard part. And so I was glad to hear it. You know, but I knew that if we were in closer contact, that I probably would have known during real time. So. What I want to do uh, and I want to share with your viewers and your listeners and my viewers and listeners and everyone that's listening and watching right now, I want to go to the very beginning and I want to get to the heart of what it was you went through from, you know, oh, my God, I think I might be sick to I'm not going to die because COVID-19 has taken folks through those emotions uh, some folks has taken them, you know, not here anymore. And I'm so, so glad to be here and talking with you and seeing you and being able to do this show. So let's get to it. Um, I guess the first question I have for you is the very beginning. What did you know about COVID-19 long before you contracted it? Obviously, my guess is you knew what the average person knows, but I'm going to talk to you like I haven't been on earth for the last couple of years, and you're going to be the one that's going to be educating me about COVID-19. That's what we're going to do tonight. All right. So let's go to the very beginning. And what did you know about COVID before you contracted it? Well, um, as you know, March, we all went down. I mean, they shut us down pretty much as, as best as possible, except for the 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 great souls and some jobs that unfortunately had to work, but you know, when it's all said and done, we're blessed that it could work. Um, you know, you're right. I knew just as much as the average person, but I have been, been paying attention. You know, I knew that you can get it obviously through the air. Um, I knew that it affects your respiratory system. It affects um, other parts of your body as well. Um, and I did know that because I am a type two diabetic, I was susceptible um, to going the opposite way if I were to catch COVID. So for me, off jump, they were just like, put on a mask. I think I cut up um, one of my, some of my old T-shirts, took cut the sleeve off. Yo, I'm rocking, the, I'm rocking that mask in, in Walmart and stuff. And, you know, as best I could at the time, um, work had pretty much, you know, said stay at home. And 
we were able with my job, I'm able to work remotely. So that was good. Um, and then they had us doing other things as well. So, you know, I was also blessed not to unfortunately lose my job. However, I spent a lot of time by myself. I mean, not like it's, I mean, I live by myself, so I spend a lot of time by myself, but I spent a lot of time in my four walls by myself. So, you know, with that, I had to, you know, the whole uh, mental stuff you had to kind of get over and go through. But I mean, you know, I got outside, I walked every morning. I just made sure that I left the four walls at least once a day. Um, I made sure I went to Walmart, get groceries on Sundays, you know, and that's kind of how I did, man. And I did work throughout the week and all that. Um, But yeah, as far as knowing what I know, I knew as much as the average person did. Um, But I felt like I protected myself very well, you know, throughout the time and even up to what when I caught COVID. So that's definitely, I don't feel that I was negligent by any means, you know, and once we get a little deeper in the story, you're going to flip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, did you, were, were you scared? Like going through what you just said and how you were moving? I mean, you were moving. It sounds to me to be prudent and prudency is, is key. I, I, I can dig it. Cause I move prudent. Yeah. But were you scared? Um, I don't know if I was scared. I was cautious, definitely cautious. Um, well, cause you know, pretty much once I found out that, Hey, you know, those people with type two diabetes, those people with regular diabetes, those over, if you're overweight, you know, if you have respiratory issues already, I mean, really, I checked a couple of those boxes and I was just like, yeah, I don't really need y'all around me. And so for me, you know, like I said, unfortunately, I'm single. But at that point in time, it probably wasn't a bad thing for me to be single because that means I had to really be around people and I'd have somebody accidentally bring it to me right. and stuff like that. And so, I mean, but like you said, you know, I move, I've moved very cautiously, very prudent, you know, everything I did, I didn't leave the house because, oh, I wanted to go leave the house. I left the house for a reason came back and, you know, out of my windows and got to look outside and see the sunlight. And I was good with that. <laughs> right, right, right. I can dig it. As you progress through the time, so what are we in? We in March. So mm-hmm. as we move through the next couple of months, uh, first of all, what month did you contract it? And, this, and I'm asking for a reason because I'm, I'm, I'm going to backtrack after this month. I just need to know what month you contracted. I contracted it late February of this year. Of 2021. Yeah. So I went through almost a whole year. Before you got it. Yeah. Before you got it. Okay. So let's go back. Uh, it's March. It's, it's, it's the spring and summer uh, of, of, of 2020. Are you moving kind of the same way as you describe? You still in that space of, you know, you working your week from home and then you going to Walmart on the weekend if you need to kind of avoiding people, that sort of thing. You're doing that through all or most of 2020? Well, I did that up until May. Um, you know, we went back to, to work a little bit, but, you know, the place that I work for sent us, you know, they sent us masks. They sent us, um, all, you know, the um, cleaning solution. Like, they sent us a whole bunch of stuff. So pretty much, you know, gloves, uh, sanitizer, 
So like when it's all said and done, I didn't need to breathe somebody's air. I did not need to touch something if I didn't have to, you know, that sort of thing. So they protected us pretty well. And it was good because that was too much. May It was May. I was ready to not be in the house anymore. Right. But, you know, you do what you got to do. I right. mean, in some in some locations where I visit, I mean, there were times where, like, you know, I couldn't even go in. Oh, we heard somebody caught COVID. Oh, yep. See you later. I'm out. <laughs> you know, we right. can talk on the phone. Um, right. You know, we did some, I did some visits via uh, FaceTime, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I, you know, I moved as cautious as I could, but it was good to be out. And it wasn't a lot of other people out. So it was even, you know, the tunnel didn't back up and all that beautiful stuff. So, right. you know, not going to lie. It was kind of sad when everybody went back to work in about August and September because, you know, traffic came. yeah, the streets yeah. were, the streets were live again. And I was like, uh, yeah, the block got <laughs> so as you, as you began to move, uh, you got more comfortable. Yeah, but I mean, I'm comfortable, but I'm masking. I, I mask everywhere. You know, if I leave my four walls, I got a mask on. You know, I had sanitizer in my car. I had gloves in my car. Like, it didn't even matter. Even when I went to Walmart, you know, I had the mask. You know, I had a decent mask. You know, it wasn't my T-shirt anymore. It was an actual mask, and it was beautiful. And, you know, and I used to side out people who didn't have masks on because, you know, that was my next question. I was literally like chomping at the bit to ask you that as you were going through this. So now we're still in 2020 and this is when wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask. That messaging was beginning to get its steam. Yeah. Right. And so when we go places that that's what we're thinking in our mind, we got a mask on and we're looking at people under our mask. They can't see us, but they we, we making this face. Bruh. You know, what I, I mean? yeah, is it the case you were making? Oh, easy, easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then the crazy part is some people looked at me because I had a mask on. I was like, really? That's what we're doing? Yeah, something wrong with you. Yeah, but, well, they still they still doing that now. As you move through that space, mm-hmm. uh, you're feeling comfortable. You're feeling like, hey, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm distancing. Uh, I can't. Oh yeah, stay locked up in my house. But I got to get out a little bit. And as I'm getting out a little bit, I'm moving in the safe way. You you feeling confident about that in this time? Yeah. And, you know, that, and you know, I'm still in touch with the folks and stuff like that and my brothers. And, you know, so I'm in touch with the family. And, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I did go see mom and dad throughout the summer. And I, not a lot, but, like, once or twice. But we were outside, you know, um, and stuff like that. And it was one of just so – it was those things where – we just like if I felt a certain way, I ain't go visit. Not that I had it, but I, you know, once again, I, you know, I have both my parents, and they're in their seventies, man. The last thing I want to do is to bring some stuff into their house, you know, because that 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 ain't that shit ain't cool. Right. <laughs> so right. you know, we we were very all of us. The family was very um, very cautious, you know, and we did our things and. You know, we did spend Thanksgiving and Christmas together, but, you know, it was also one of those things where, hey, you know, you good. If you ain't good, it's cool. You know, if you don't feel whatever, it's good, you know. But once again, we still do our social distancing and stuff. And, you know, but that was probably the biggest thing. It was like we didn't want to bring it up into the house that, you know, that house that we did. 
you trusted your family to make prudent decisions. Well, of course. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, one thing is my older brother, he still had, you know, my older brother has five has five kids and one was still living with him. So that's a thing. And my younger brother has had a six-year-old. So that's a thing. So, right. I mean, I felt very confident as long as it won't me. If I was if I was prudent and diligent, I knew they were going to be. So, right. you know, that right. sort of thing. So I wasn't I wasn't worried. And then mom honestly didn't leave the house for like eight months, man. <laughs> like she really? she walked outside and you know, she went and got the mail. But yeah. she was like, Yeah, because dad went out and did everything and you know, dad's former military, so he's he's mass. He ain't playing with these people yeah. and stuff like that. He did, he went out and you know, they I mean, come on, man. Parents got the got the freezer in their room full of food. I mean, they ain't had to go out for much, you know, and stuff like that. But when they went out, he went out. She she was like, "I ain't going. Out. I ain't got no reason to be there." Right. I mean, they're right. both retired, so it's like they go out because they have to, not because they want to. No, no, I can, I can, I can dig it. I I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to talk with you tonight on the five minute warning here, Big Rube Show, uh, Marcus J here, have an opportunity to speak with you as we progress towards the next phase in your journey, I want to talk to you a little bit uh, as we move through. You mentioned how you had an opportunity to spend Thanksgiving and Christmas with your family. Uh, we're getting close to the time now in the first begin uh, the beginning part of 2021, where the vaccines are beginning to become available for different people in different situations. Uh, you mentioned certain things that, uh, are part of your biography with regards to your, your type 2 diabetes and other things. Uh, my recollection for that time, there are some folks that were becoming available for the, uh, eligible rather, for the vaccine before others were. So my first question was, did you become eligible for the vaccine earlier than others? And the second question follow-up to that is, did you get it? Yes, I did. Um, however, I was also, you know, because the, the line was yes, you pretty did much what, like which I became question? I became available before most people, you became but eligible. not before older people. It was okay. older people than people at risk. And people at risk didn't really become available. I mean, part of it was, I think part of it was depending on your risk. Um, but I did, I was unable to get it until the end of March. Okay. Um, and then I got my shots, man, without question. I didn't even, I didn't waste time. <laughs> you okay. Know. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about your contraction. Uh, what month did you get? What, what month did you contract COVID? Uh, end of February, the last two weeks of February. Of 2021. 2021. Yep. Well, you mentioned just a minute ago that you weren't eligible for the vaccine until March. Correct. Okay, so you got it before you can even get the shot for it. Okay, Correct. We'll, we'll come back to that. So okay. we're going to put our thumb on that. We'll come back to that. So talk to me about how you think you got it. Well, let me back up. Let me ask a question. Do you know how you got it? Yes. Okay, all right. Let's talk about that. So take me to the very beginning, starting with that day, what you did, and take us to your contraction. So here's always the fun part. You know me. And a lot of other people who listen to know me, who know me, you know, when your boy gets sick, he go to the hospital. Like I'm in the hospital. The last time I got, I really 
got sick or hurt was about uh, four years prior. And that's when something happened to my knee. And I was in the hospital for like four days. Um, Cause I don't really go down like that. And I mean, I'm knocking on all the wood I can find. I don't go down like that. Um, so what happened was I decided to, this is why, how I think it all happened. I got food poisoning and I was literally out of down and not able to work for like three days. And the third day I was like, I'm weak. I couldn't really do anything. I know I need fluids because like, cause when you get food poisoning, you're pooping, you're peeing and stuff is coming out of places that it shouldn't. And not trying to be too graphic, but everybody knows what happens when you get food poisoning, you know? So it's coming out of almost every hole. So I knew that I needed more fluids. I couldn't drink enough water. I couldn't drink enough Pedialyte. I just knew. So I went to the hospital on a Friday and of course they, they test you, make sure, you know, you're breathing right and everything's good. I'm good on Friday. I go and I'm there for like four or five hours. They give me like two, um, two things of saline, you know, I'm injected. I pretty much was like, yeah, my fluids are low. I can't recover because they're too low. So literally, I'm laying on a bed for probably about two or three hours, just taking saline, you know, or whatever it is, water, whatever it is. I I don't remember what it is. So to get myself kind of refueled. So I leave. I go get something to eat. I go home. Saturday, I went from the bed. I went from the bed to the couch and to the bathroom. Those are three places I were at all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Sunday, I was like, I need to go back to the hospital. You know, I'm not feeling good. I'm kind of having problems breathing, that sort of thing. Monday, I go to the hospital about 4 o'clock. Yeah. AM or PM? PM. Okay. I tried to make it, but you know, because I hate doctors and I hate the hospital. Two things I hate. Um, probably I don't I don't know if it's just because it's Ruben or it's because I'm a black man. I don't know. I hear a lot of things. Can't stand either one. So I go there about four PM. There's nobody there. Awesome. Get checked out. They're checking me out, you know, admit me not admitting me, but just kind of doing the stuff. And they they put the finger, the thing on my finger to test my oxygen. And the guy looks. I pick up on that. What's going on? Well, it looks like you're about 80%. 80% of what? <laughs> your, your oxygen intake is about 80%. Great. <laughs> so, of course, I'm doing chest x-rays. They're doing some other things, whatever, whatever. And they... There's like, we're going to put you in this room. And the last time I was in a room, an emergency room, I was there for four days. I already knew what was up. So after kind of people coming in and out, doctor comes in. He's like, you know, we set your blood off. You know, we'll know tomorrow. But I looked at your chest. I mean, it's pretty solid. It looks like you probably got COVID-19. Now it's just like, 
what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, because I was like, I just did a chest x-ray on Friday. He's like, yeah, I looked at that. And you were good Friday. And you're not good now. And he looked at me. He's like, you probably got it from here. And I was like, get out of here. He's he like, look. That to you? Yes. He's like, look. As much as we try to clean everything, we can't clean everything. You know, <laughs> you probably got it when you came to the hospital. And I mean, these people were cleaning everything. Like people get out of their seats and go and they come and clean the seats. So like they were literally cleaning everything. And it was like, it's just impossible for us to do it. You probably caught it from here, to be honest with you. And I was just like, okay. So he's like, we're going to admit you. And I looked at him. I was like, do what you need to do. Yeah, save me. Yeah. <laughs> just save do what me. you need to do. Yeah. At that point in time. Were you by yourself? Yeah. At that point in time, he, he, after he said he was going to admit me, the nurse comes in, throws on the little oxygen joints in my nose around. Your boys on oxygen for four and a half days. Straight. It was... They were just like, yeah, your, your breathing is not where it should be. So we're going to get you straightened out. And then he's like, yeah, and your sugars are high because we know you're a type 2 diabetic. I was like, in my head, I went, damn. You, you want to – nah, I didn't forget about it. But, yo, man, when you're not taking care of yourself properly on, a, on the diabetes tip, that shit pops up and flares when you – don't want it to, yeah. which is right then, because yeah. like literally, so what happens is, you know, for those who don't have diabetes, don't ever get it. That shit sucks. But um, if your sugar's over a certain level, it doesn't even matter if they cure you for COVID or cure you for anything. You can't leave until your sugars get down to an acceptable level. Right. So they admit me. But I was like, I haven't eaten anything since like Friday night. Because every time I ate some, it came back out. So, so you know, they hit, they hooked up with a um, a lean cuisine or something because I'm diabetic. So here's your 300 calorie meal. Awesome. It wasn't bad. It was not bad to eat after three days. Though. Not gonna lie, in the state. So yeah, that's how I got into the hospital. All right, so. From the time you walked in to the time you walked out, how much time passed? I went in on a Monday night, and I left on a Thursday afternoon. Okay, so you were there for four days. Basically. So that's, the four, that's the four days that you just mentioned that you were on the oxygen. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about it. Day one, you were in there. You're like, oh, my God, I'm in the hospital with COVID. Uh, you're going through... The denial, probably, I would guess. Like, what are you going through on day one? I went through the denial very quickly on when he told me. And I was like, because literally, I was like, oh, it all makes sense. Literally, it all makes sense. You know, especially what happened to me Saturday and Sunday. So he was, I was like, it all makes sense. So as far as denial, that I didn't stay in denial too long. My biggest denial was I hated calling my family. And like. So yeah, that's the, because I don't, I just don't like that. I'm not a fan. So I knew I had to call the folks. And because I figured that I had something going on, 
I was at least smart enough to bring my charger, my cell phone and charger. Because <laughs> last time I was in the hospital, I did bring my charger and that sucked. Think my phone died very quickly. Think about the stuff we're thinking about now, right? You had to get your charger, right? Yeah. Now, you, you, you mentioned, if I'm hearing this timeline right, you went in to get checked out from the food poisoning on Friday mm-hmm. and you go back home Saturday and Sunday, like really suck for you. And then you end up checking yourself in basically, or checking yourself out rather than being checked in on Monday. So if I'm hearing you right, you didn't have a lot of interaction with anybody over the weekend. You didn't expose. Oh no. oh, no. I don't think I talked on the phone that long. I mean, cause between feeling bad and sleep, I mean, and then there's really nothing on TV. So it was yeah. like, nah, yeah. I mean, so that, nobody got so the short answer is nobody got COVID from you. No. Okay. No Lord. Okay. Okay. So day one, you go through the denial, you're admitted. Uh, day one, I guess we have a good picture of day two. Talk to us about day two in the hospital. So <laughs> day two, three, day two and three kind of comes together because look, man, I don't know if, if you've never been to a hospital, first of all, it sucks. Second of all, literally, and I'm just talking crazy stuff right here. I mean, I was naked for like three days, man. <laughs> with <laughs> with with uh, cloth over me. <laughs> yeah, man. And then they put some stuff on my feet, like some socks on my feet. So literally, I was in those socks for four days. I was... I mean, except for the cover, whatever they call it, um, that you, you put on. What? Did you get to take a shower? No. Because I, I'm on oxygen 24-7. And plus, I, I'm, I have an IV strapped to me. You know? So it's like, no, you don't take showers in the hospital. So you're so you naked and dirty. Naked, disgusting. I mean, man, when you hear your farts, when you see your farts, man, you can't run away from it. <laughs> You can't go to the bathroom without calling someone first. Yeah. I mean, because like wires everywhere and all this. Like, yo, like I I felt like I was two days old, man. Cause literally I could I mean I could go to the bathroom, but I had to call first. Cause somebody had to come and make sure that I didn't, you know, do whatever. So like literally, I think the first full day I was there, I got up like twice. And then they made you urinate in this this like uh, the only it's a picture because then they had to look at how much you urinated and I guess notate it because there's like don't urinate into the toilet urinate in this picture and I'm just looking at these people I'm like what that's not natural but you know when you gotta pee you gotta pee it is what it is so so obviously the the visit and and the stay in the hospital is is, is miserable. That, it can it can be yes. Well, just, just your experience sounds pretty miserable. Well, talk I was to, go ahead. I was going to say, talk to me about how you're feeling. Like obviously, you know, you, you you're not comfortable. That that part's a no brainer. But talk to me about how you're feeling. So, the good thing is, I'm eating. You know, like I got three meals a day and I got snacks. So nothing, and it's not coming back. So that's the first thing. And, I mean, they give me like all like after the first morning, I get like, man, I'm taking like eight or nine different things, man, like every meal. 
I'm taking pills. They're putting stuff in my applesauce. Um, like I'm drinking stuff. So like I'm on this a lot of medication. Every meal they have to come and give it, and you know. So and I don't take medicine like that ever. I don't take aspirin unless I'm about to die, like pain wise. Unless I'm crazy pain, I don't even take aspirin. So yeah. I'm taking pills, man. Like every three hours, three to four hours, man. You know, they got to take, they check your blood pressure. I'm getting stuck every three hours because they got to check, they got to check my blood sugar. And I'm just, it's the worst. Oh yeah, man. Cause I don't do that and I hate needles. Yeah. So I'm already like, yeah, this, this shit sucks. And, but I, I will say this, and I know this is going to be real sad and you probably gonna laugh. Yo, man, for once, this is like the first hospital I've been in that the TV stations were decent. I mean, because you're laying in a bed, man. You can't go nowhere. You like you're, cable? yeah, I came. I know, right? I had cable, yeah, and I was you watch it like like sports and stuff. Oh man, it was on ESPN twenty four seven. Between ESPN, to- yeah. What did you watch? You watched ESPN. ESPN. I watched um, USA. I mean, you know the stuff that you have at your house. Like this place had it. I was in a room by myself. You know, I got lucky. Well, they didn't put COVID people together, so. They did not. They did not. No. Why not? What's what's that about? You would think they both got it. What's the difference? Well, I guess if one person was getting it real bad, you don't want the other person to lose hope. So. Right. But yeah, I got my own room, which was dope. Um, You know, it it was just the problem was I was just laying there. Literally, I'm laying there on on a bed with very little movement for like the first day. And most of the second day, except the only time I got up was to use the bathroom. And literally the first time I got up, um, they they had to literally like help me to the bathroom because I hadn't walked in probably like, I don't know, 16 to 20 hours. Are you are you scared yet? You know, I was I, honestly, I was scared for a little bit, but then I was just like, you know what? Ain't nothing I can do, but keep myself in a good headspace and go through it just like I do everything else. And the the one thing I would say that the doctor told me on Monday that made me feel good, he was like, you really have a mild case of the COVID. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you know, a lot of people who, who get COVID, like full-blown night COVID-19, like it's just, it's, it's not just one thing. Like, for me, it was literally my breathing. That was, like, the major thing. And then a type 2 diabetes was icing on that cake. But, I mean, that wasn't COVID. That was me being a, a dumbass. Right. So, you know, he was like, yeah, most people get the breathing and, you know, all the other stuff that comes along with COVID. And and then they get it in such a um, – they get it so much worse. That's why he was like, well, you have a mild case. And honestly – I don't see why you wouldn't be able to recover. Now, I don't know if that was just lip service, but if it was, it was really good lip service because it worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, so for me, the biggest thing I had to work on was breathing. And then they brought me a little breathing thing on day two, and I still have it. And it was like, you breathe and the little thing goes up. Um, And then pretty much it's like, so, you know, you have to get to this level. Like, you have to get to 15 before we can let you go. 
and I was barely doing like five, yo. <laughs> so I mean, so he's like, she's like, I want you to do this every work on this every couple hours, and that's what I did. I mean, I blew into it. I got mad and I blew into it again and I tried to do better. I mean, so it gave me something. It also gave me something to do um, throughout it as well. But I mean, my hospital stay wasn't horrible. It was just, it was more annoying than anything else because you can't do for yourself. Right. And, you know, I've been on this planet for at that time for 47 years and I've been doing things for myself for at least 42 of it, for the most part, you know, like walking and, you know, but I couldn't walk anywhere. Like day three, they took me out for a walk. I thought it was awesome. You know, I just walked around the, the hospital, like yeah. floor, right. but I was like, oh, I'm out this damn bed. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it, I just try, I, I want to make sure that I wasn't getting myself in a negative headspace. Right. That, well, that 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 seems like that would be a big deal because we know that the power of suggestion is real. And yeah. if you suggest to yourself uh, a positive outcome, then you're more likely to have a positive outcome. But if you suggest to yourself the opposite, you know, you're already in a negative headspace. And Correct. You know, that would be, you know, prophecy coming to light. Nobody wants that. Uh, you were watching Big Rube. Uh, and Marcus J, we on the five minute warning. We are talking today about Big Rube's COVID nineteen experience. Um, so now we're on day three, moving into day four. So you're getting close to going home. And a lot of folks who have COVID, whose stories we hear about, where they're admitted and that sort of thing, they end up having these long stays, and you know it's hit or miss. And uh, the ones that get to go home end up having uh, long-term issues. And I'm going to come back to the long-term issue question because mm-hmm. I do want to know about that. But what I really want to know is what it was like for you uh, when you woke up on day four. Did you know when you woke up on day four that you were going home? Yes. They actually wanted to kick me out day three. But my but once again, good old type 2 diabetes. <laughs> won't ready. Yeah. They, they, I mean, my sugar wasn't low enough. So they kept me for another day, partially, mostly for that, but also just to make sure that I was doing okay. You know, I was still on oxygen, but I was, I could go to the bathroom by myself. I could, you know, I sat up a little bit. Yeah, I was doing things. You know, I was kind of, I wasn't immobile like I was, you know, two and a half days before. So I was excited to go home. But then it was like, well, we can sit in your home with this. And I was like, look. If I'm not at least right enough to go home today, I'm not leaving until I'm right enough to go home. Because what I don't want to do is go home and then I'm turning around, I'm right back here. You know, um, at that point in time, I got some help for the diabetes situation. Um, you know, got some bling on my arm, so that's dope um, to help me out. And, and, you know, when you're at a situation where you might even think like this might be it, you start doing some real thought processing and you know, I had my come to Jesus meeting with myself. Yo, Ruben, you've been a diabetic for 12 years, 13 years, and you're not really taking good care of yourself. What the hell? <laughs> so, you know, you gave yourself the business. I gave myself the business. And so, you know, because of that, you know, 
a dieback specialist came in and talked to me and we did you know she gave me some cool stuff and all that and so now as far as that goes i'm in a better positive space with my type 2 diabetes um so like gift and a curse you know it sucks to have COVID 19 but if there's a positive to come out of this i would say that i had that come to, i gave myself the business to get my life back together yeah. because if it i mean when it's all said that if it wasn't COVID, it could have been diabetes and now i'm trying to work on getting that taken care of and you know technology is a wonderful thing and i need to start it i need to start embracing it for to help me out so sure. yeah right so now we're in day four you know you're going home you're discharged you get out uh how you feel did they make you go out in the wheelchair they let you walk out nah man wheelchair bro it was <laughs> it was it was wheelchair to the door and they kind of they didn't dump me out but it was like yeah it's time to go um <laughs> I mean, but, you know, I rode my wheelchair ride smooth, bro. I was sitting back and just like, yeah, I'll take this. You know, yeah, people you. are like walking. Whatever. I bet you were. I bet you. I bet you. I bet you were. So so when they when they kick you to the curb, did you take yourself home and did somebody come and get you? No, I took I took myself there. So I took myself home. And okay. that was honestly probably the one thing I was more worried about. I hadn't been behind the wheel of a car in four days. Like. It'd be different if you hadn't been behind the wheel of a car in four days and you were like on vacation and you were riding with something. Nah, man, you literally possibly almost died and you ain't walked for two of those days. Are you going to be able to drive a car? Right. And that was real anxiety for you? It wasn't necessarily, a, it was probably a little bit. I'll say it's a little bit because I'm not, a, I don't really have a lot of anxieties about stuff. Um, other than dogs in large vials of water. But yeah, man, it was like <laughs> I got behind the wheel. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it is what it is, man. You know where I went. You know where yeah, I went. Yeah. <laughs> so I got behind the wheel. And, you know, the biggest thing was I had to get myself comfortable in right. my driver's seat. Right. And I did try to back up and. Instead of hitting the re- putting pulling down once on the reverse, I pulled down like three times and went drive and I almost ran into somebody's car. But they don't need to know that. Um, no, no, they have no idea it was them. Even not idea. Them. And if they did, they wouldn't know because I, I got up out of there. But yeah, so that was probably the hard part. And just coming back to my apartment, you know, it was good. I felt good. You know, then I, you know, then I had to go get medication. That was interesting. When you left your house on Friday, you didn't know that you wouldn't be back till Thursday? No. No. So now that you're back home, and uh, I don't think they would have let you go home if you still had COVID, correct? So you didn't have it anymore. Well, so technically, I had gotten better enough not to be in the hospital. I didn't require a respirator, so that was good. But they did send me home with an oxygen tank. And then, of course, I I got it swapped out because I had oxygen probably for another um, three weeks, three, four weeks before I felt comfortable not being on it because I slept. Yeah. I mean, because I still wasn't 100 percent as far as the breathing, but like I was at I was around 92 and they were just like, OK, but you need to do this test, you know, three, four times a day and, and stuff like that. And then, 
you know, I guess we'll get into long-term stuff later or term stuff after that. But I would say the hardest part, man, was getting my breath back. I lost 25 pounds, which was kind of dope. But then the problem is your energy is different, you know. So normal things that I would even do around the house, then I'm kind of tired. Yeah. So, you know, I have a portable oxygen tank that's with me. And I mean, so I really was on the oxygen tank. And then, of course, that was that was day four. So I was still I still couldn't work for another to like the next week. And then me and the boss was like, we're going to give you some more time. Um, and that was fine. How long were you out of work? Well, I mean, you know, I just used some vacation basically, but I, from that, cause I was gone. I worked one day the week that I was, had food poisoning. So I was literally not working for about three weeks. Okay. That's what I was getting at. So, 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 so basically COVID shut you down for about two. Yeah. COVID shut you down. All right. So let's, let's talk a little bit as we move, uh, to the next phase of your COVID experience. Let's talk about uh, the time frame between, you said the end of February. So now we're in the middle of March. So let's go mm-hmm. from the middle of March to you said you needed oxygen for about, what did you say, about four weeks? So now we're at the end of that time frame. Talk to me a little bit about as you move towards, I don't need oxygen anymore. What's Ruben going through at that point? So the biggest thing for me was, to get off the oxygen because what I would not do, and this is just the pride thing. Pride is some shit, but I did not want to take a tank anywhere with me. And I had portable tanks to take with me, but I just refused that. I'm not leaving this house until I can go without taking a tank. And so I really just worked hard. Like at nighttime, you know, I slept with oxygen, you know, I, um, if I had oxygen around me consistently, if I felt a certain way, you know, I put on the oxygen, I would walk and get the mail and come back. And that's kind of how I tested myself. You know, the mailbox is probably, I don't know, thousand feet away. So that's, that was my workout every day to go get the mail um, from the, from the little box and stuff or to go get a package from because we have the little Amazon hub things at my apartment complex right. or to go get a package because I ordered some from Amazon. So like that sort of thing, that was my test. And I just I tried to work hard at it, man, and and just keep pushing and keep pushing. And I mean, I got to the point where I felt like like honestly, after 10 days, man, I felt pretty good. Like the my only hiccup was well not even hiccup it was like i still slept with the oxygen and you know around the house and doing those things i was good however you know went back to work boss told me to take it easy you know yeah when is when does ruben ever take anything easy <laughs> never so Have i we- went wait sir have we met? <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I went to two stores that day. And the hardest thing, honestly, is for me not to rush. 
I'd take my time just getting out of the car. Like literally, I would get I would get out the car and I had to stand up for probably like a minute, two minutes to catch my breath. Um, and that's when I knew that I wasn't completely over it. But, you know, once again, I don't have an oxygen tank with me because that's the high roll. And, right. you know, and I had to keep a good face. So, right. but yeah, you know, everything's still in effect, mask, whole thing, probably even more now. Um, but yeah, you know, it was, you know, you can't, what do they say? You can't let them see you sweat. <laughs> Bro. You, you embrace that, you embrace that mentality. All day. And, so, and yeah. So, so, so now as we move into the middle towards the end of March, I'm hearkening back to something that you said earlier in our chat here, mm-hmm. five minute warning. Uh, you mentioned that you became eligible for the vaccine in late March. Yes. So talk to me a little bit about that. How did you find out that you are now eligible after you've already had your battle? Did you end up getting it? Talk to us now about the vaccine. Okay. Well, right before the vaccine. So like my doctor had told me not to get retested. And I was like, why? Because at the time, I wasn't sure if my company were requiring me to get tested to show that I'm not COVID anymore. And she was like, well, the antibodies are probably still in your system. It could be a month. So don't get tested. You get a false positive. And then at that point in time, if I'd have got a second positive after using, after being out for a couple of weeks, then they kind of have to do something with me. <laughs> you know, my company would literally have to do something with me at that point in time. Right. So I decided not to get the, get the test and, you know, and that in my company didn't require the test, the second test to prove that I was good. But, you know, pretty much me and the boss, we talked about, it. it's like, just take it easy. And after the first couple of times that I went through that, I was able to balance myself. So I took it easy. I just planned my stuff a little better. Right. Um, but when I found out, you know, Rite Aid, I was like, because at that point in time, I was looking like, you know, you could get it. That's when the vaccine was out. And I guess I read some on CNN or some heard some on CNN that the second wave could go. So I literally like every day went to Rite Aid went to Walgreens, you know, went to wherever, whoever was giving vaccines, I would check and see if I was eligible. And one day they had some, it wasn't a fact I wasn't eligible. It was a fact that they didn't have any appointments. So I got my appointment and, you know, I went and got my first shot, whatever, man. At that point in time, I've been shot so much. I mean, I don't see it on like, like needles, but I didn't even care at that moment. Gave my first shot, left arm. It hurt like a bitch for like a half a day. But no, I didn't have any issues other than that. Right. Then three weeks, at that time was three weeks after. Which one did you get? Uh, I got the Pfizer. Okay. You know, they, they were given the Pfizer. I was like, whatever. I mean, just just give me something. Um, and this is before the Johnson Johnson was available. Which at point at, I think at one point I wanted to get that, but I'm kind of glad I didn't. After the craziness that happened with that, no, but sick, yeah. yeah, but and I didn't have any side effects off it. Three weeks later, I get my second shot, and 
somebody had, one of my coworkers was like, "Hey, drink a lot of water before you get that shot." Yes, because yep. that second shot was putting people down, man. Like, cause like one of my brothers got his second shot. He was like, "Yo, I was I was like on the couch for six hours," and I was like, "Bro, I can't do that. I lived on this couch already." So, <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm about to go back. So I drank 32 ounces of water before I took my shot, before I walked in. And then I had 32 ounces of water ready for me when I got back in the car. No issues. Zero issues. Not even in pain. She gave it, And she gave it to me in the other arm. She was like, which arm? I was like, does it matter? She's like, no. I was like, give it the other arm. Why not? Yeah. Because I think I had my diabetes um, blood thing in, my, in this arm. And I just didn't really want to get another shot. I, I already had something in that arm, so yeah. So yeah, man, I got my second shot, and you know, I'm beautiful. Well, as you moved after March, so we're now obviously in 2021, and we're moving into the late spring and early summer. Did you find that you moved any differently than you had moved prior to you going to the doctor for food, uh, the hospital for food poisoning, and actually contracting it? Like, did your habits because you obviously knew how you got it yeah no you knew how you got it so once you realized that you know i got this shot i've already had covid did you move different i moved the same but i would say after a certain amount of time had passed um i was able to talk about my truth to some people you know because I mean, because I have friends and stuff like that who are not really about the vaccine and all that stuff. And my thoughts, you know, I have my own thoughts on that. And I was like, look, man, you do what you want to do. But here's the thing. If you don't get the vaccine, then I expect you to wear a mask everywhere. You know, not for not for at this point in time, not for other people, for yourself. Because there are way too many pretenders out here who don't have the vaccine and running around like it's 1999 not night excuse me 2019 nah bruh like and and you have that and you know and then like this show i wanted to do this because there's some people who just there are a lot of people who still either don't know anybody who had covid or hasn't had anybody pass away so they're not necessarily affected because you really because i don't think i had anybody pass away and I don't really think I might have had one person I know. I did have one person, a friend of mine, got COVID, and he got that joint bad. Like he got it, and he was down for like a month, and it took him another month, month and a half to fully recover. So like, it kicked him in the face. Yeah. And you know, so with that, and I reached out to him when I when I got it, and we talked and kind of see what he was going, through, what he went through, and stuff like that, and. You know, it's just, you know, you do what you got to do for you. And I get that. But I just don't need these pretenders out here who, who, yeah, I got my vaccine. You ain't got your vaccine. Wear a damn mask. I mean, it's for real. It, it, it shouldn't, it should, it shouldn't be hard, Ruben. It, it, you know, it's been made to be hard. And, and that leads me, uh, as we get towards the end of our conversation here, I want to kind of get a couple of final questions in. And one of them is how, after having been through the whole 
experience of 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 COVID and being hospitalized and and then coming out and still getting your vaccine. You obviously know firsthand the seriousness of of, of COVID nineteen. How do you feel when you see people who don't seem to take it serious? You you know, and this is where I lump in uh, different types of mentalities. I'm lumping in the anti-vaxxers. I'm lumping in uh, the conspiracy theorist, and I'm lumping in uh, people who don't think the children should be wearing masks in schools. How do you respond to those types of uh, people in that mentality as someone who's been through the, the experience in the worst way? Well, not the worst way as in, you know, obviously you're here, but you know what I mean. So my first thought is I'm glad I don't know most of those people um, because I can't be around that kind of stupidity. Um, you know, you, you believe what you see on TV or what you read, yet you don't believe in this. And I'm just like, look, man, by the time I got it, over 5 million people had gotten this vaccine. So even if I felt like that uh, this this thing is whatever, yo, man, 5 million people got the vaccine. You're, out of those 5 million people, maybe a 1,000 or 2 died because of it. But it's like, yo, percentages, that's so low. And then they, it's probably something else. Like, I just feel like if that's what you're basing your, your opinion on, you either haven't done A, not enough research, or B, you're completely listening to the wrong stuff. I mean, I just, it is, it is not even about, it's not, it's not even about protecting other people. How about protect yourself? <laughs> like, that's my only thing. Yeah. You, eat, you eat crap from, you eat stuff from, you know, fast food joints. You eat stuff from the the you know the the grocery store, yo man. Unless you grew it yourself and you prepared it yourself, and you know there's nothing extra in it, you can't read half the stuff on a label. But let's talk about I don't know what's in that, right. bro. You don't know what's in your milk. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, for those people, look, man, I get it. You need to have a platform. You need to have an opinion. Awesome. You can have your opinion, but keep your opinion to yourself and don't mess up my life with it. Because when it's all said and done, if you don't get it, that's great. But if I, but you know, if I'm surviving and I grow up, I grow a tail out my butt because I took the vaccine, I'm still here. <laughs> that with a tail that yeah. might actually be kind of cool. Yeah. Laws is not like the small furry joint because you can't do shit with that. But yeah. I mean, for something I can wrap around a tree and swing from the man, that's dope. I mean, <laughs> you'd be a whole celebrity amongst your friends. I mean, you know, right? Yeah. I mean, but yeah, man. Like, I can't tell people what to do, but right. what I can do is tell my story. And hey, look, I mean, just because you don't think it could happen to you, just because you do every precaution ever, it can still happen to you. Yeah. And it happened to me, and I'm not anal retentive at all. But I made sure that I protected myself as best as possible. Yeah. The, my biggest blessing is that I literally was around no one from like literally from a couple days before I went to the hospital on that Friday and nobody that weekend. Like I didn't give it to anybody. So for me, that's not weighing on my heart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
you you don't have you don't you don't have to worry about if you've endangered uh, a loved one. As we as we as we get towards the end here, Ruben, here on the five minute warning with uh, your show, Big Rule, uh, and I am your special guest, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you about this. Uh, we are in the six month range from when, or almost six months from when you contracted and you went through your experience. So how are you doing now? Do you have any long-term, uh, uh, long-term symptoms or issues from having, you know, battled COVID-19? Not as far as I know. My breathing's awesome. Um, you know, I start working out again and if anything, I push myself a little harder, you know, I'm not, cause I kind of been punking out, but I'm working harder and, and stuff like that. It, it's honestly, this is going to sound real stupid. I actually feel better than I was before. Doesn't you know, sound stupid at all. Yeah. I lost 25 pounds, but the shitty thing about that is I watched all 25 pounds come back. <laughs> <laughs> so, but with that being said, it all came back to my stomach. It didn't go everywhere else. So at least I know where it resides. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, I got a nutritionist now trying to get that part of my life done. I work out three to four days a week. I'm just, you know, this is like the second time I had a second chance, man. So eventually, you know, my nine lives going to run out. I need to start doing something so I can keep those other ones in check, you know? So yeah, I've become a better person as far as loving me. Than I did when I went in because, yeah. I mean, not to mention what it would do to my family and friends. I mean, what would it do to me if if I was if I had passed away and I'm not here? Like, right. I don't right. I don't know. You know, I hope I go to heaven. You know, I don't know if I would be reincarnated into a turtle or something or another human being. Like, I don't know. And to be real with you, I'm not trying to find out anytime soon. Um, so. I'm trying to be on this this planet for a minute. Right. And, you know, I still got I'm 48 years, man. I'm trying to, if I can go another 48 more, that'd be awesome. But, yeah. you know, I would say for me, nah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in good, I feel good. Um, I don't have any issues. You know, I got, apparently I got a mild source. I got a mild case. And I'm going to take that to the bank. Because a lot of people didn't get, they didn't get what I, they didn't get it, and their bodies handled it way worse. So it's a blessing. Yeah, yeah. Well, at, you know, as I sit here and 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 talk to you, you know, we 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 as brothers haven't had a lot of opportunity in the last few months to to kick it, and you know, I didn't know what you went through before we had this conversation tonight, and to hear it, uh, I'm proud to say I'm your brother, and to know that you have gone through this and come out on this side of it uh, with minimal recurring issues. Uh, I'm sad that you went through it, but I'm glad that you're on this side of it. Um, That's a testament to your fight and that you got so much more work to do here with us. And I'm glad that you're here to to continue doing that work. Um, If there was anything in your story that we didn't get to that I didn't that I didn't ask you about, uh, that you wanted to share. Here would be the time that you would uh, you would do that as we begin to move towards our close. I would say hospital food is not terrible. 
to a point. Uh, but when it's all said and done, you know, on the serious tip, when it's all said and done, we got to take care of ourselves from the from the head to the floor, from the rooter to the tutor. We got to take care of ourselves. We got to take care of our loved ones. And more importantly, you know, just whatever you believe, it's fine for you to believe. But keep your beliefs like believe you can believe it and believe it in yourself. Like, hey, you shouldn't be wearing a mask. Are you vaccinated? No, no, you should be wearing a mask. And I'm gonna wear a mask because cause you don't, I'm going to. Cause I ain't got no issue wearing a mask, man. Even though I am vaccinated. I mean, don't do it, you know, if if you feel that way, that's fine. But hey, there are a whole bunch of other people out here who may disagree with you or don't really want what you got or anything like that. So we, we're all blessed and we're all lucky sometimes, but there's a plan for all of us regardless. You know, I'm not, uh, I would probably say I'm not a spiritual person. Doesn't mean I don't believe it's just, I'm not overly spiritual, but it's just one of those things where I do feel like our book has been written and we're and somebody's reading our book and we're living it. And you know, you can live like that, that's fine. But you still gotta make sure that you are responsible for others. You know, you can't just say, I don't need no stinking mask around a whole bunch of people who ain't been vaccinated and wear masks. Don't do that. Just keep your keep your saliva and stuff to yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's what the mask is for. I mean, that's, get it, get it here. that's what it's for. Uh, you know, I, the way I look at that, you know, we people, not you and me, but just people in general, are very selfish and self centered to think that their way is the only way when we can see that wearing masks and getting vaccin- vaccinated uh, has proven to be beneficial uh, to us. Uh, you know, people just want to be defiant. And unfortunately, that's part of how we move. Um, I think that we would be prudent, those of us who know better, to do better uh, and to wear our masks. And and, and if, if we choose to be vaccinated, then we get vaccinated. But, but either way, wear a mask because that way you can protect yourself as well as you can protect those folks that are around you. This thing's real. Uh, there are real people that we know and 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 love that have suffered, uh, have suffered in a minor way, uh, have suffered in a semi-minor way, uh, have suffered to the point where they've been hospitalized, intubated, and ultimately some who are no longer here. And we should be respectful of that. We should honor that. Uh, and I think that we should wear our mask to protect ourselves and to protect other folks because we can be as conscious and as cautious as we think we are and still come away with the COVID-19 virus. And uh, some folks who did everything right ended up with it and had a bad outcome. So if long as you can have a few cases like that, I think it would be prudent for us to take proper precautions. Uh, I am Marcus J. Uh, You are watching the five minute warning with Big Rube, and as the special guest tonight, 
uh, I am uh, I am given the, the the ultimate gift and honor of speaking with my brother, your brother, uh, the host of this show. And I thank you for giving me the opportunity, Ruben, to do this. Uh, it was good to be with you. It's good to see you. I love you. You know these things. Uh, to your listeners, I appreciate the opportunity to have uh, been here again. Uh, it's not my first time, and hopefully it won't be my last. Uh, Big Ruben and I are co-founders of Legacy Internet Radio, the internet radio station that I still lead. Uh, I host my own show. It's called Ain't No Half Stepping with Marcus J. And we are live on LegacyInternetRadio.com, as well as on Facebook Live and on YouTube Live. Uh, If you are to search Legacy Internet Radio and either of those entities, you will find our show every single Monday night from 7 p.m. until we finish Eastern Standard Time and all our archives are available on our YouTube live pages. So uh, thank you, Big Rube. I will now uh, relinquish your show back to you so that you can close us out. But it's been my honor and my pleasure to be with you and your listeners and your viewers here tonight. Marcus A., thank you for doing this. Um, This is something I've been thinking about doing for a while. Um, And one of the actually one of the um, people who listened to the podcast and to the live show sent a message to our website, um, www.5minutewarning.com, all spelled out, um, and sent a message asking to do something like this um, because he listened to the show. And he, he, you know, like I said, I've talked a little bit about it on the show. So I appreciate him for sending it. Um, yeah, man, I appreciate you for doing this, you know, and we'll be back Sunday. 9 p.m., you know, same bat time, same bat channel. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Um, whether you listen live or you'll listen um, once again on the podcast um, website. Um, Marcus J., once again, thank you. Definitely, definitely, definitely go to LegacyInternetRadio.com. Ain't no half-step with Marcus J. That shit was super awesome. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what else to say, but Thank you, brother. I love you as well. Um, Everybody, thank you. We out. See you when we see you. You you can send any questions or comments to FIVE Minute Warning 19 at gmail.com. The 5-Minute Warning can now be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. Share, like, subscribe. You've been listening to the 5-Minute Warning with Ruben Brown. Search 5-Minute Warning on the Spotify app. Peace. Stay safe out there.